Welcome back to Fantastic Voyage, the David Bowie podcast. We are taking a break from Tim Machine, like Bowie did, to focus on Bowie. <laughs> Bowie focuses on <laughs> Bowie. I'm Jesse. I'm John. And I'm Justin. Yes, it's another live episode, so we got Justin with us, who was at the Sound and Vision Tour, which is the... The episode we're doing today. <laughs> what, a, him, what a what a cadence! Uh, wow. we're, need what him to order. carry some of the. He needs to carry Lucky some I'm of the weight. Uh, <laughs> yeah, this uh, this is an in, this may be an interesting episode. There's, you, you know, sure about that? <laughs> the, the Joker men who we take uh, great influence from for doing this podcast to be to begin with. A great uh, Bob Dylan and now John Cale podcast of all people. John and Lou. John and Lou. Yeah. Uh, they used to have a segment called uh, on their show where they would do uh, what mustard is this Bob Dylan album? Well, if we're doing what mustard is this David Bowie episode, it would be like No Name Yellow, No Name Yellow in the plastic. <laughs> you know, they'd have ones where it's like, oh, that's in a glass jar. That's like a Dijon, or that's like a forty dollar something. Like Love and Theft would be like a gentleman's mustard. Th- this one is like the. You know, it's for everybody at the at the ball game type thing. Um, yeah, so Bowie takes a break, says that he was contractually obligated to do this tour. That's what he told the band. That's what he told the sales is invited Reeves to come on board, but he declined. He said, "I, I got to do this." Uh, well, because it's like I guess important to remember that they were in the middle of the Tin Machine thing still. Like Tin Machine was active, right, when this was happening. So yeah, like right Re- following Reeves, up the album. This Reeves is... had no interest in ditching the Sales Brothers because they might feel some type of way about that, and it's kind of going against the whole Tin Machine thing. It was supposed to be all for one, one for all. It's going against their whole. Really, ethos. what were they gonna say though? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, but it makes sense in theory to keep the whole Tin Machine alive. It, it, tin Machine was never going to be a long-lived thing, though. It was a stepping stone to get them to, to get. And and this tour is maybe a stepping stone to get this all out of the way. And I could be David Bowie again after this and get creative. It, it kind of works. Tin Machine works, and this tour works. Here's a thought to ponder: Would would there have been a Tin Machine too had Reeves gone on tour with Bowie? Would he have said, "Okay, let's go back with the sales"? Mm. I don't know. Like, it's Probably. moot, but. It's, interesting to it, think it's about. possible that there wouldn't be yeah um yeah this kind of coincided with this whole idea of yeah he like you said he's he's moving forward with tin machine this is working um and he's trying to put his past he, he doesn't want to rest on his laurels so he has this idea let's let's go out on tour with all these hits so that I can retire them. Instead of just retiring them, he's going, hey, yeah, he can make a buck he, while I do it. <laughs> he claimed he was never going to play any of them again at the time. Right. I'm glad you brought that up. Sales Unless, pitch. Yeah. So <laughs> on that subject, I, I wrote down the ones that he truly retired after this tour. Oh, because oh, I was wondering, so I'm glad you've got something. <laughs> so there are two songs that he never played again. <laughs> oh, God. I'm getting all excited. Yeah. This will um, take a minute, maybe. No. Young Americans, which we impromptuly just jammed to as Justin came. Uh, Young Americans and TVC15. He never played again after this tour. Uh, ones that he rarely played again, and I mean a, a handful of times. Space Oddity, Golden Years, and Rock and Roll Suicide, he did one more time after this tour. So those are kind of the ones that he put to bed. Um, that's <laughs> Rock it. and Roll Suicide wasn't even one of the big hits. hits right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and TVC15 was to him and to us, right, but yeah. I mean it wasn't, it didn't have the, the accolades that 
you know, some of his other big singles. So like the, the mega hits, like Fame, he did that a million times again, right? Rebel, Rebel. Yeah. Like the big, the ones that ev- everyone wanted to, the ones that people actually would have been bummed out as to not being able to see again. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. So he is on tour and he's also putting out a box set or it was Ryko, I think it put it out. Which was absolutely fantastic and still hasn't been surpassed as far as re-releases go. Yeah, big, huge box. kind of like the gold standard. that it, it's, it gets referenced to this day. People still, I listen to my Ryko discs. You hear a lot of people that are all about that. Because it actually had stuff that we hadn't heard before. It came with this disc that nobody made a computer that would play it. <laughs> oh, was it a CD-ROM? Yeah, yeah, it was the first CD-ROM, and it claimed to have the video of Ashes to Ashes and other stuff on it, but nobody could, not one person I knew could get it to play. Um, so yeah, there was stuff put on, other, like, different takes, alternate takes, and, and unreleased things. It, it, was in, it was, in fact, inspired by Biograph, the Bob Dylan compilation that went out maybe a year or two pre- previous, well, which the, we grew up listening to. The, 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 I think the three CD compilation of hits was inspired by Biograph, right? Because well, yes. Ryko Disc is adding, they're adding two songs to the end of every album kind of on the reissues, right? But the Biograph was like a retrospective handpicked by Dylan, five LPs or something like that. But, yeah, well, and and this though, like Biograph had stuff that wasn't heard before, like mm-hmm. mixed up confusion was on it. And, oh, so that's what, yeah. And this one has like London by Tata, and I think an alternate version, like Space Oddity, was different, Mark wasn't it? Bolin version of Prettiest Star, Star, right? Um, there were a few, like John, I'm only dancing sax version. I think like is single on edits and things like right, that. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's um, kind of like his uh, decade too, right? Neil, Neil Young. Young. Yeah, yeah, that's a yeah. yeah, that's of the same exactly. spirit. Yeah, yeah. and uh, that's. A fantastic compilation. That's one of the best ever. And it sold well for, now, relatively speaking, for a big box set like that. Uh, I can't remember the exact sales figures, but apparently it did very well for A, a reissue, and B, a reissue that cost something like north of $120 adjusted for inflation. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty big buy. You know, that's like when mm-hmm. Dylan puts out the uh, the basement tapes, whatever version. I'm looking at yours right now. Yeah. It's got a, how many discs is that one? That didn't sell that many. As, as much as this. How many discs does that have? A pro- Is it like a dozen? I think it's got five. Oh, yeah. okay. There Wasn't there a bigger one too? Oh, no, but that's well, CD. The vinyl box. The vinyl one would have yeah. been 12, yeah. I prefer these types of things on CD though because you don't want to... 200 songs on a record, that's like eight albums. I mean, who wants to flip eight albums? <laughs> right. I'll take a CD. For archival stuff, I want a CD. My friend issue. Scott still has the original box in mint condition because he's like that. I brought mine to parties and it just disintegrated <laughs> over the years. There's still a few surviving discs and a couple booklets here and there, but I enjoyed it. <laughs> that, well, that's the thing. Yeah, I'm I'm very much of that spirit where you, if you bought the thing, like use the thing. You know, when you put like yeah. a seat protector on your car yeah. for the next person to enjoy your brand new seats and you. Well, I could have retired on the comic books I had in my collection, but I read them too much. <laughs> well, <laughs> you're better for it. Yeah, you're cultured, right? <laughs> you lived. Mm. I don't buy things and keep them sealed. No. Um, there are better investment opportunities out there than Beanie Babies. You know? <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so back to the Sound and Vision tour. Uh, he took off March 4th, so a day before my first birthday, 1990. Uh, ended September 29th, 108 shows, 
27 countries, which surpassed both the Sirius Moonlight and Glass Spider. March 4th was the launch? Was the launch, yeah. Because he was here March 10th. That was, yeah. So it started in Montreal, and oh, Winnipeg was... I did one, not know that at I the think time. Winnipeg was the fourth show, I think. I think Glass Spider was like that, too. Didn't he start out... I remember looking at another it early? list of dates and going, oh, like, we were early. Yeah, it started... Oh, let's see. Winnipeg was just get Canada the out of fourth the, show. Get yeah. us out of the way, type thing. Wow. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, it started in Montreal, possibly because one of the big attractions on this show was this dance dance troupe, La La La, Human Footsteps. He, that's right. Yeah, Ed, Edward Locke, Human Steps. Another. So, I thought maybe it'd be kind of affiliated with Cirque du Soleil, which was up and coming in Montreal at the same time, but it wasn't. It's just coincidence that there were two big like kind of world famous dance what do you ever you call them groups coming up in in montreal at the it same time avant-garde dancing at the time for sure like it was very uh almost violent okay throwing each other around and it, it wasn't a, a romantic samba or anything like that it was it was fun to watch they were also oh, they were at, i was gonna ask were they at the winnipeg i know they weren't at every show i read but no he did the pre-recorded screen thing Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I did see on one of the bootlegs I found on YouTube, they had one of the dancers up on stage too. Maybe that was just like a one night thing. I haven't seen the videos of the dancers, but I I wish that the videos that I watch had them because this is a pretty sparse tour just in terms of theatrics. He's really, really dialing it back, dialing back the band members too. Like everything, like there's not much going on other than he's up there in like a suit kind of just playing the songs for the last time. There's not really much to it outside he's, of that. He's got to play guitar again because it's just yeah, Baloo and five-piece or something, yeah. <laughs> Drummer, get one guitar, a bass, piano, and He's got Bowie. the sax out here. TVC-15, yeah. probably. Yeah, so Erdnell's on bass, Rick Fox on keyboard, Michael Hodges on drums, Adrian Baloo on guitar, who is also the musical director, and Bowie on guitar and sax. Kind of going back to Ziggy days, playing with a yeah five piece and and mm-hmm. well no it wasn't even Ziggy was only a four piece until Garson came along. Okay, so this is Portugal that we have on the screen right now. I, I notice he's starting. He's got the eyeshadow back on. Oh, Tokyo, which he did, Tokyo he did now, but yeah, in he... Winnipeg. Okay, he just couldn't help it. He had to... <laughs> <laughs> Things are a little bit too normal here. I gotta spice it up yeah, yeah I, I noticed that i think it was on the portugal one too when we had it on yeah he's got that going on and it was like well you, i thought the exact same thing you needed something so you had to okay <laughs> like because it's it's very plain this whole thing i mean we're just looking at him in a black abyss okay well see for you guys though seeing it like this is different than the concert mm-hmm. the concert was actually quite entertaining like a movie because of the screens and okay he had to do a lot of choreography to line up with the screen and interact with the screens so when you see it here like you don't see what's happening mm-hmm. behind it right it, the screen actually came in front of him oh really see-through yeah it was whoa that is really okay, cool actually, i have no idea okay this, yeah. this is why you're here <laughs> yeah so so in the sense that remember how we were talking about the glass spider tour you couldn't possibly take it in right. on a tv because of the the size of the set this one was i mean bowie's entering the digital age it was it was it was actually quite impressive, and there's no video that really does it justice because you couldn't. Well, his fiftieth kind of redid it. Okay, Space Oddity, I think he oh, yeah. he brought it back for that. But yeah, the screen actually comes in front of the stage, and he's behind it, but you can still see through it. But he's interacting with the projections. Oh, that is really neat. And so when somebody would say shh, 
or something, a giant him, he'd respond to it. And when uh, young Americans came, the American flag started burning. Oh, that's cool. Wow, that's that's really interesting. That's that because our seats were direct center at the at the back. They were cheap seats, so it was quite um, the event to see that way. And back in the old days of the arena, if you saw an empty seat on the first floor and it was there empty for a reason. an hour, <laughs> you could just go sit in it. Yeah, that you know, yeah, it's really hard to do that yeah. now. You get like eight people rushing you, like yeah. all in official uniforms. So I went and did that, and uh, then I was really close while he was doing a station to station. But I was like, oh, you're actually seeing it from behind the screen now, right? And oh, he's that's singing cool. to yeah. a screen. <laughs> Well, that was like, so I've, I've seen the Beatles Cirque du Soleil show twice. And one time I was up high and it was great. And I thought like, you wouldn't want to see it any other way because you're looking down and seeing things that you wouldn't see if you're up close. And then I got tickets in the front row another time. And during one of the Mr. Kite, or during Mr. Kite, they, you were actually under like a tent. Yeah. And there was all kinds <laughs> of shit going on under there. And I was like, oh wait, no, this is where you want to be. There's, it, was, it was really cool. So that's that's the, the, I oh, saw that's Pig cool. Floyd, and, and you know how they have the inflatable pigs yeah. rocking and dancing? Well, my view is I had this big fat roadie yanking on a rope. <laughs> <laughs> it just kind of lost the magic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Okay. Uh, so, hey, we've covered the... The personnel. We, this is this is a homework episode. We got, we got to do this because we can't leave any stone unturned. Covered the personnel. He did a lot of shows. Uh, it didn't do as well financially as the Glass Spider Tour, which did over $100 million. This one did about $50 million. Uh, I think the other one may have been even even more than $100 million. Uh, so he, he worked harder for less money and brought a video camera along to film it look at the size of those yeah old camcorders forgive us we're watching a bootleg (laughs) on the screen right now he pulls out like a big one of those big camcorders that my our dad used to walk around with and film everybody in the 90s yeah and every time he went somewhere it looked like the news showed up right (laughs) he's (laughs) he's got the camera again (laughs) is that light on yeah, so, oh, that's really cool. That's good insight that there was way more to the, the stick. Because right now, like, when you watch the video, it's just, it's like, you know, he, Billyu said, or not Billyu, um, Reeves said, Bowie, Bowie's career could go one of two ways. This is pre-Tin Machine. It can go, you're going to recreate yourself and do what you want to do, or you're going to go to Vegas and do the what Rod Stewart's yeah. doing. I mean, without the theatrics, but I mean, really the essence of this, though, like, this kind of is his Vegas residency, He's in a suit with a white collar doing his old hits, you know. I mean, yeah. he brought it on tour. Uh, but he did it young enough knowing that he had enough time, future right. to get beyond it. It's an interesting thing to say, I'm going to retire my hits. Has anyone else ever done that? <laughs> I'm going to, I mean, even if he didn't, just the idea that this is what I'm going to do in order well, to who have been like, retiring since 1980. Uh, yeah. <laughs> 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 Kiss. <laughs> Aren't they coming here in a couple of months? Yeah, I saw the original lineup twice, oh, and so did Dylan. So you can't beat that. I had no interest in seeing I've, whatever's going on now. Ace Freely is the the attraction for me. I wouldn't go. I peed that. next to him in the zoo in the bar. Oh, well, there you go. How does he size up? <laughs> <laughs> his, his bodyguard wouldn't let me. Oh damn. <laughs> so he kicks off the show. I thought this was interesting um, with Space Oddity and then changes. 
And I'm thinking, okay, he's doing all his big hits right away. And the next one, TVC15, he gets that in right away. I thought that was an interesting uh, set list choice. At least for the, that was the average set list. That's what he would do. Yeah, it's the same as this one. Okay. Which, which, uh, oh, that's the Japan one. I think that's actually the one I watched. Okay. Because if you watch it, I think it's got that Winnipeg footage spliced at the end. Well, this does anyway. Oh, really? threw it on there. Yeah, they you get that with bootlegs where they put things. yeah, just they they know they can get away with it. Yeah, <laughs> where was this uh, bomb? Like into the music in the bin at Walmart for four ninety nine. Wow. I saw his eyes staring at me through the plastic on the bottom. <laughs> Bowie, yeah, yeah. I see you. <laughs> and uh, when I got it home and played it, I'm this is totally unauthorized. That's so Walmart. <laughs> well, and so I read somewhere that he would get frustrated. During during station to station, so maybe I don't know if that was a Winnipeg exclusive where he threw his guitar across the stage or if it was for Winnipeg. It was the end of the show. It was uh, Gene Genie. Okay, so he was getting pissed off a lot on. Yeah, we didn't get Rock and Roll Suicide. He uh, got mad at Bilou. Nobody knows why. I think there the rumor was he was upstaging Bowie with his ponytail and swinging. (laughs) Anyway, uh, he he just ended it da 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 da. Threw down the guitar on the <laughs> on the stage, slammed body, slammed it. Thank you, good night. And that was it. <laughs> because you do hear a lot of stories on this tour. Of it's funny that you actually have the first hand experience. You actually watched it, but you hear a lot of it. Like you hit, the piano player wasn't having a good time. Apparently, no. He yeah. start doing his own thing sometimes. Apparently, like, during the the last leg, which might have been the South American leg, he started playing other songs during <laughs> or something. There's a correlation keys. there. <laughs> yeah. Well, the funny thing is, is you say he was pissed off at Baloo March 10th. The tour started March yeah, exactly. 4th. That's, that's why I was so Six blown away about that. Yeah. I'm like, well, I thought they were sick of each other by then. I wonder if he <laughs> saw the gate. Well, and, and he had just written a song for him, uh, which was a discovery for me. I'd never heard, uh, what's it called? Pretty Pink. Oh, it's a Pretty, fantastic yeah, song. Yeah, yeah, that was new to me. It was a discovery. Uh, is it What's it called? Pretty in Pink? Pretty Pink Rose. Pretty Pink Rose, yeah. <laughs> Pretty, Pretty in Pink. Pink, Pink Cadillac. Yeah. Um, and it was kind of neat how he plugged Baloo, too. Has he got a new album coming out? And, and Stevie Ray Vaughan's watching going, what the fuck? All I wanted was to play my <laughs> songs. I think, Jesus Christ, yeah. I'm going to take this ride. I think that was part of his pitch to get Baloo. It's like, okay, I'll get, I'll give you a song. We can do it together. It can okay. be on your album. But it was just a Tin Machine throwaway, right? It was a song that didn't make it. It was a, oh, okay. a song written for Tin Machine that didn't make it. It was a minor it. hit at the time, though, believe it or not. But the video didn't do him any favors at the time because it was so, everything was like heavy metal, big hair, sexy women. And it was him and Baloo wrestling with this giant Ukrainian lady, <laughs> beating them up in a rundown warehouse. Oh my god. It was goodness. just not against, it was like so against the grain of what the videos were at the time. It was not the new romantic yeah. image. <laughs> when Baloo's kind of got like Qui Gon Jin hair. Yeah, yeah, he yeah he's got like the, it's a ponytail, but it's not like long hair. It's like just long at like the very top. Oh, my hair is like getting good at the back. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I have seen this footage before. It was years ago. I was on my treadmill and I needed something to keep me on the treadmill because I have a very short attention span. And I have it. It's next to my guitars and my TV. It's like, I can't. I Call need, in your name. I need something to keep me on here. So I, I put this on to watch it, and it was, it was interesting. So I, I ran to this once, but I wasn't really paying attention to it. And I, I watched it through the other day, and 
I don't know. It's definitely the most boring tour to date. Well, without the stuff, without that Justin the stuff was that, I mean, right. it's, it's yeah. just like going through the motions. It literally sounds like what it is. Okay, I'm going to go out there and do these hits for the last time. And then, so he just walks up there with an acoustic guitar, does the hits, and walks off the stage. And that's... When you watch the DVD, that's all you really get. There's the odd little dancing improvisation. He'll do an intro to a song every right, now and See this right here where he's doing the, the old Ziggy mime. Yeah. Uh, on the screen in front of him, it would be correlating with, with that. Without it, it yeah. looks ridiculous. Now, now that you say that, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I, I, I was scared to say, like, this sucks. But, but now yeah. it makes sense. It's like... I feel like there's a Simpsons episode where you, like, you take the, away something. and The problem was they couldn't capture it on film right. because it's kind of like seeing a, uh, an LED TV on right. the angle. It'll, it'll just come back just all come distorted. Right. Yeah. Right. Oh, that's interesting. That Well, that changes I'm sure everything. they could capture it now like they did in the 50th years later. But right. That's why all the angles are either without mm -hmm. the screens. Well, that's interesting. And that makes me wonder... Maybe that's why he chose sound and vision tour because the the visuals were a big. That's what Chris said. It it was a sound and vision show. Right. Okay, it all makes sense now. But it was never captured properly on video, yeah. so it just looks like this boring him standing in the black. Right. But the yeah. black is for a reason. You couldn't have spotlights because of the screens. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So we got video of this, but we didn't get Hunger City. Yeah, it's the same or, same deal. <laughs> that's too bad. Like, you know, like <laughs> I, I, that's one of his big. Regret. That was like his big. I think that might have been Bowie's only regret is that they didn't get that on film. Yeah, just some stupid little clips. That there's the rehearsals that have the best footage, but right where he's on the scaffolding. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But speaking of uh, <laughs> Chris, the, when he was doing China Girl at at our show, I had already seen China Girl twice, so I felt privileged enough to go. I've seen him do this a couple times. I'm gonna go explore and see if I can find him. <laughs> That some one of our <laughs> listeners said that's my pee song, China Girl. So yeah, you're, you're not alone. Yeah. <laughs> so I told my friends, okay, I'm gonna go on a little adventure. So I, I go to the elevator and hit the button, and I hear the unmistakable sound of, "Oh, hey, Jess, where are you going?" <laughs> I turn around. It's our uncle, six foot four six foot five because he was younger probably standing behind me with a drink next to his head wearing a david byrne uh stop making sense suit so he was just <laughs> fucking massive he was just huge he wore a suit three times too big for him and he's six five <laughs> he's, he's got the black hair and everything I'm like, oh, hey, Chris. <laughs> Fancy meeting you here. I'm just going to go see if I can get backstage. And he's like, oh, this, that sounds wonderful. And the elevator opens. And for some reason that time, the security at the Winnipeg Arena was sh old retired Shriners. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> old men with Shriner hats. And the guy was so polite, he let us, he got out of our way. Oh, yeah, come on in. Uh, <laughs> These guys must be part of the you show. You look like yeah. a performer. <laughs> yeah. I was in a leather jacket <laughs> with a Hendrick shirt, a tie-dye Hendrick shirt. And uh, so, we, yeah, we went downstairs. We, ding, elevator opens. There's his limo. We see his dressing room. And we see him on stage, the stairway to go to the stage. while he's still doing China Girl. And we're wow. like, Chris, what do we do? <laughs> go on stage? He would have been on the bootlegs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I remember you telling me this story a long time ago. Yeah, so yeah, it's coming back. And then we said, okay, there's, there's people around the security. We uh, Let's pick up this piece of plywood and pretend we work here. 
plywood. <laughs> so, yeah, you don't we're get like, that in 2023. Yeah, yeah, this is plywood. <laughs> yeah, we're just going to work on the stage now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we're walking around with this piece of plywood, this little guy with a leather jacket and a giant David Byrne <laughs> backstage until I finally got the tap. I mean, what the fuck are you guys doing here? <laughs> no, we're just trying to, you know, get along. <laughs> Oh, what yeah, could have been <laughs> Chris on stage with Bowie? It would have been three it dressed up as David Byrne. Oh, that, it yeah, would have been three been seconds, but he would get back in the day. things accomplished in those three seconds that, yeah. you know, that nobody else could. But the fact that of the thousands of people, he ends up behind me as I'm going down the elevator. Yeah, wow. One of those moments. Well, and you know, the average person. You say that to, oh, I'm going to try to sneak backstage. They, oh, no, no, that's, that's I don't want to get in any trouble. Right. Chris. <laughs> oh, that sounds wonderful. But he wasn't even part of my, my seating crew. <laughs> right. We just, at that time, he got bored of China Girl too. <laughs> and decided to explore on his own. I just wanted, why was he wearing a David Burns suit? <laughs> I'm pretty sure that, speaking of leaving concerts in the middle of a song you don't want to hear, I think I saw you in the foyer at the last time... McCartney was here. Oh, during, yeah. I, I think it was trouble for that one. I feel like it was Hey Jude, maybe. It was It was one of the songs that... No, I think it was Let Him In, which goes on forever. It's like, would somebody just answer the fucking door already? Yeah. The man? yeah. <laughs> I, I, oh, yeah. Justin's getting another beer, too. <laughs> and then Raquel came with me, and then and then it kind of snowballed. We're like, oh, hey, Jude. Ah, we're good. And people kept seeing us. So it ended up like we were the Tonight Show. <laughs> We, we hung like out in the lobby the whole time. We treated it like a Winnipeg Blue Bomber yeah. game where you're just hanging out in the concourse. Every time we thought, okay, let's 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 go back, and then somebody else would say hi to us, and then the next song would be silly love songs or something, and then we're like, ah, let's have one more. <laughs> Paul's got a lot of let's have one more songs too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, hey, hey Jude's always a good one because it's the it goes on for an hour, and, and then he'll do, and then he'll he'll leave. For an encore after it, probably. So you've got a good half an hour to pee. And you know, it, it, I think it goes longer <laughs> Go the than the zoo, actual record, back. right? Because it's he does the na na nas, but then it starts. Then it's just then okay, the, all right, boom, <laughs> clap, boom. no instruments, just Cra- boom, just crowd, clap, yeah, yeah. yeah call and response. Okay, now the women. Okay, now the men. It's just well, like left side, right side, yeah. bathroom, bathroom, <laughs> 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 and it's the loudest yeah. response. Yeah. <laughs> But we, we always, love him dearly. Yeah. <laughs> oh, when he uh, when he dies, I'll regret all the bad things I said about him. I'll be crushed. Oh, yeah. Love you, Paul. I know he's listening. Paul is listening. <laughs> Damn it. Um, okay, I, I've got nothing else. Yeah, I, I'm not sure what else to say. I can tell you about well, the cab ride home after. Okay. I guess. Well, I, I was thinking. I, I guess at least from your perspective, you're there. Um, you know, typically when you go to see. Uh, especially somebody like David Bowie where he's a megastar and you're kind of fully immersed in his lore. We can even bring it back to Paul. A, a huge talking point for me at a Paul show is what obscure song did he do? We saw In Spite of All the Danger, a really re- yeah, rare cool. cut. So yeah. it, was it like disappointing in that regard? Like you kind of don't really... I guess you got the Belize My song, only surprise but... was uh, Station to Station. Yeah, I, I, I wasn't expecting that. A 10 minute song yeah. during a hits tour maybe, yeah. Because I feel like that's another thing that this tour maybe suffers from. The rest of it was pretty pre- predictable. Because, like, you, you you go to these shows and you're kind of like, that becomes the most... And it's not because it's a pretentious thing. It's just because 
oh, I wasn't expecting that. Like, that's just kind of, you're excited. It's like, you know, you, you watch a movie and you know how the scenes are going to go. That's boring. It's when you get a little bit of a surprise, right. that's what's nice, right? So I was thinking, like, you're kind of just getting all the, the big ones. And that can, can kind of, I, I can see how that might be a little boring. But I guess you do get a couple. I, I was surprised watching it by Panic in Detroit. I'm like, oh, that's a hit. Right, I guess yeah. it kind of, it was a single. Same like, with Queen Bitch, I think, was was played regularly on this. That's cool. But it would have been, uh, that one was a bit of a surprise. And then the yeah. the Adrian Beaulieu solo song, or like duet song that he, that he gave him. But other than that, yeah, you're getting just all the yeah. obvious choices, kind of. My biggest regret was I, I saw him four times, but I think my favorite lineup was his 90s era. That's when he really started pulling out Teenage Wildlife oh, yeah. and all that. And, and the cool, uh, like yeah. he was redoing and rearranging uh, all of them. Inventing the song. Yeah, that, I thought he was just at his peak uh, and the band was tight as fuck. I, we've talked about this before. His 90s era of live is, I think, my favorite era of him live. I mean, that and I really like them at all. But <laughs> yeah. I was going to, yeah. It's the... The but songs he Lyon, pulls, yeah. the songs that he pulls, like the, the the arrangement of Andy Warhol he does right around the, I guess, Earthling tour. Oh, man, was that good. And he didn't come to Winnipeg during... No, he, I think he was big on the festivals then because he was hanging out with Nine Inch Nails. Right, uh, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> they weren't big on Winnipeg during the height of their... So, but he had like Gail and Dorsey too, for would have been that tour. She's on bass, right? Yeah. She just looks really cool. Yeah. Uh, so he's got he's surrounding himself with not only good musicians but good stage presences also. Garson right. comes back. Yeah, it was it was just super tight and super creative and. And that's around when Garson started wearing the really cool shades, right? He kind of just went the purple shades, big big huge lenses. Yeah, and he started wearing the the spider from Mars kind of long coat thing yeah. again. And, yeah. yeah. You know, we'll have to have you on even though we'll do... Even though I missed it? Even though you missed those ones. <laughs> well, yeah, this is... Okay, this is the first tour that I could have gone to. <laughs> I was I, I was 364 days old when it came to... <laughs> or no, it was the 10th, you said, so I was 370 days old <laughs> when it came to Winnipeg. But, yeah, like, when we get to the reality tour episode, I'm just going to... You know, I'm going to be on watch because that I still, to this day, that's my biggest regret. Although it's hard to regret something you had no control over. I was still like 12 or 13. Like I didn't have the money to go and we didn't. didn't well, this go. was the first uh, time I didn't buy a t-shirt. A, because I was broke. <laughs> because I was working at Champs Kentucky Fried Chicken, which you might all know as KFC now. Right. Yeah. And, uh. B, the shirts were very uninspired. It was just him standing in front of an Aladdin cover. I'm like, yeah, well, we know you did that already. <laughs> yeah. And they were just white shirts. So, yeah, it was... Well, that's another thing this tour is missing. I mean, Bowie, you know, everybody loves him for his chameleon-esque qualities. He's always on a... He's doing something different. He's a different person. Now he's just... It, this isn't a new anything. It's just, it's going back. He's kind of... He almost looks like just like a sober, thin white duke, a more level-headed... Like if there was an evil and good thin white, like just just kind of like the good, <laughs> it's true, yeah, it's the good version. Game. So yeah, there's there's I feel like that aspect is missing from the tour also. Yeah, there's no innovation so to speak, and he's not really reinventing the songs either. Like that Bob Dylan thing that just came out, I'm really into Shadow Kingdom. He's going back to sixty songs. He's kind of really yeah. passionate about. All right, these are really well written songs that I can really flip on there. I can really turn these into something completely different. This isn't really that. This is. At least to me, it was like merely going through the motions. At least musically, there's 
not a whole lot of new or exciting things being thrown at you. And that that's typically what you come to David Bowie for. The new right. and exciting thing. It's something different. You're not really getting that here. No, there was hardly any. I, I tried to make notes on it, and I got nothing, really. There, <laughs> the, the intro to Ashes to Ashes was really cool. Billy was doing some cool stuff on guitar, but, like, I, I, you know. I, I didn't like the synth lines, because they were so short. Oh, bing, they, bing, bing, oh staccato. Bing, bing, bing. Yeah, I, did, I didn't. That was one where I didn't care for too much. But there, there were performances I liked. I thought he... He got really, uh, on this, shit, what is this, the Tokyo one? He was really good on Rock and Roll Suicide. So the Ziggy ones he tended to, I think, maybe have a little more passion. And he talked a lot before doing Ziggy. And, you know, Ziggy's kind of, that's got to be an emotional thing to go back to for him. That is, for all intents and purposes, kind of how it all, where it all started for for him from, like, a stardom standpoint. And it's not the first time he's gone back to it, too, because during the Isolar 2 tour... Uh, 78, he was doing a lot of Ziggy songs. It kind of making a significant deal of it. Yeah. Like, we're going to go back to this thing. It was like, he's, he's and really making And this album in particular, it. like, he could have picked songs from Aladdin Sane and uh, Hunky, but he didn't. It, it was... Did he not consider doing a Ziggy sequel in some point in the 90s or maybe closer to the early 2000s? He was 2000s? talking about a, 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 which I guess eventually became Lazarus, the theater play. Mm-hmm. He was talking about doing a Broadway show. Okay. Around the time, <clears throat> but yeah, that took years for of fruition, which I still haven't seen. Have you guys seen it, Lazarus? No, I haven't. Well, and I, it's been on my radar, but when we started doing this, you know, was it two years ago now? Or I'm just went okay. Well, I'll just save it for when we do that. Yeah, like I've got anything Is that there I have. Way to see it? <laughs> I don't. That's a good question. I mean, yeah, the dark web that. <laughs> Bowie yeah, and Lazarus. It was easily accessible. That's where the whole episode of the Elephant Man is. <laughs> yeah, that's where Bowie is. Like, <laughs> actually, he's not dead. He's just on the dark web. Yeah, he's controlling everything. <laughs> he's the AI Bowie. Uh, the most memorable thing that I'll remember from getting ready for this episode, I was watching this with Sarah, the uh, the the bootleg. And I'm, you know, I'm, I'm into it. I'm like, you know, I hear Ziggy a thousand times and this is not his best performance, but I got goosebumps. Yeah. And yeah. she's like, do you really get goosebumps? <laughs> and I'm like, well, yeah, like, I, like the hair on the back of my he- neck is standing up. And then I realized, so she's like, I don't actually physically get that. I thought that was a figure of speech. I thought, what? Hmm. So we looked it up and it's not as common as you think. Do, now, do you guys physically get goosebumps? Yeah. Where you're, they, certain, I, I've yeah. seen that too. And, that's and you never know what it's going to happen. It's a, it's yeah. a thing called like fr- frison or frison. frison. It's like, a, I think it's a French word. Where, and, and not many people get that. And I, I never, I like it was one of those things where you might, if you're out there listening, do you, like, do you actually get goosebumps? And does the hair on the back of your neck or on your arms actually stand up when you listen to music that you like? I, I get it all the time. When it, I listen it has to, stuff, to be I the really... perfect combination of you understanding what's going on from every perspective. Yes, totally. And, and I think when you get that all at the same time, there, there it goes. It, it triggers something. And wait, because you have the knowledge that this is was supposed to be a send off. So th- think of all the context that goes into that. This yeah. is his big thing that got him popular. It's his biggest character. Everybody knows Ziggy, and he's doing and it for it the last right. time. He's going Ziggy. He does a big, a big dramatic pause at the end. Right. Right like a way bigger pause and on any other live performance or any on the record. It's like, it's very dramatic. So when you, when you have all that information baked into your perception, like Justin was saying, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be a bigger emotional reaction. And also he had let it go for so long at this point. Like, I don't recall Ziggy on, uh, serious moonlight or 
Right. On like, his biggest tours. Late, he had, tour. I don't think yeah. he had done it since 78. I think 78 was the last because he I had remember. To, yeah. Yeah. We've done a lot of tours. We've done all the, yeah, I don't, this is the that last, the last, last one. Yeah. The, and one thing that kind of triggered my OCD was he does Ziggy, and then he gets into like Station to Station and Young Americans, I want to say. And then he does Suffragette City. Like, <laughs> yeah, play that after. Fuck, fuck, just, just do like because you're kind of you know anybody that knows that record, they they associate. Like I think we the radio, will rock you and we are the champions. Yeah, the yeah, radio used to play the, those in concert. Yeah, the radio would even play them back to back, right? So it's right. like if you're gonna do the song anyway, <laughs> it's kind of rubbed me the wrong way. I was like, oh, I guess he's not doing Suffragette City. Is how I interpreted that. Then he did it. Not only did he do it, it wasn't an encore. It wasn't an hour later. It was like. 10 minutes later yeah. like, you couldn't he could have really fucked us up and played Suffragette City and then Ziggy yeah <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah I would have been mad and yeah so Station to Station I thought oh boy is really gonna shine on this but the intro was pretty short but on Stay when they do Stay in this Tokyo performance in particular I went okay well he was really really given the spotlight on that one like his guitar you know he's not even playing it he's like molesting it he's oh like, yeah he's, yeah he's, he just starts throwing it around and balancing it and yeah. And it's like, I'm looking at it, like, what, he's playing it, he's making these sounds, but he's not, like, strumming it up and down. What, what is he doing to this thing? What is he doing to the guitar? sounds by looking at it sometimes. <laughs> well, he plays, like, from the the nut to the, yeah. <laughs> the tree and the top of the strat. You gotta be good at those. tuning if you're gonna do that shit. <laughs> I wonder if Floyd Rose's were, yeah, they had to have been, it's 90. Yeah, so he would have had, one of the, like, locking tuners, and yeah. you could basically, yeah, you could play... 13,000 feet underwater and still being <laughs> just don't take a expired carbon be fiber <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, there. I guess he knew this one this, this, yeah this is June 25th 2023 oh uh, is that, that's too soon uh, let's just leave it before yeah. we get into specifics <laughs> before <laughs> our listener base might implode if we talk okay, about okay okay wait a minute okay I'm gonna tie this in okay <laughs> that fateful excursion is before we knew it had imploded and we thought they were just sinking down there yeah did that not remind you of space audit oh totally yeah <laughs> not i didn't i didn't think of it at the time but oh yeah, yeah. that's it yeah and and a, a combo of that and new york mining disaster which apparently bowie was inspired by for space Oddity oh, by cool. the bgs uh is there anybody out there and all right that stuff? yeah oh cool yeah that's that's a good connection the ocean scares the shit out of me like i would you couldn't pay me what they paid to go down there well, to go scary down there. Oh, yeah. space at um, this point well with an xbox controller what and a... <laughs> this the song that it remind well yeah and not even an like a logic like a discount version of the controller right. yeah i thought that was a joke when i first saw it and then i went oh no i saw it 20 times went, oh that's real but uh the song the artist or the musician that it reminded me of was actually brian wilson he talks about i'm a cork on the ocean mm. until i die yeah so i've always thought that like when you're in the ocean you realize how insignificant you are you can you can it's fall into huge. the void it's just it's too scary well it's like that poor eternal nothingness down there and i it's just i the ocean's one of those things i don't want to fuck around with no that whatsoever. poor kid who jumped off that boat just to for a joke yeah. that's or the worst worst place to die yeah. to me is in the ocean i could i'd rather any other way of dying. i've been on a boat overnight and like in a, in a oh, sea. I've never been on a boat at night. Yeah, it's never. Uh, it, it was it's humbling. It's very humbling. You look out during the day. You look out and you see nothing. It's just, <laughs> and then at night you look out and you know that nothing is out there. And like, I wasn't in the North Atlantic, so, so I felt a bit safer. But at the same time, you're going so fast that if you you drop in, like you're just gone. They'll never find mm-hmm. you in the dark. 
if the it's sharks like don't get you. Never <laughs> fight. You're gone forever. There's some sort of, even though you're dead and it probably doesn't matter anyway. There's some sort of closure knowing that like your family might retrieve the body or something, yeah, you know. And, yeah. you, and then you get to get not in the ocean. No, in the <laughs> ocean that's all gone. You know, gone. it's just you're, you're just gone. That's it. Just scares the shit out of me. Yeah. So uh, on that note, yeah. <laughs> <let's>, <laughs> we knew it was gonna go south. Just not the bottom of the ocean south. Yeah, very, <laughs> very literally south. <laughs> That's it. That's, yeah, I think, yeah, well, that's the Sound and Vision tour. Um, I I learned something today by having uh, Justin on the show. That's great. That uh, I I would have thought that this was like a, kind of a dud of a of a of a. It was meant to be seen tour. live, right? Yeah. So that's cool. Uh, there's more meaning to this now, knowing that there were screens that he was actually interacting with. I I read somewhere where he said like, I would I wouldn't just go out and do this. I owe something to Theata or something. He said in an interview and now it makes sense i was like well where is it <laughs> you yeah can't no, see it. yeah you can't see because they can't they couldn't film it because it didn't pick up on the cameras whatever it was some kind of mesh screen uh but yeah it didn't translate to uh being filmed you had to be there guys you had to, yeah, <laughs> damn it all you right i've been there jeff i could yeah, have yeah. yeah you know i almost brought Maisie to see Ringo, but then he got COVID. Yeah. She would have been two. She wouldn't have remembered it. But I thought like, there could be a time where you're the like one of the youngest or only people left that have seen a, seen a beetle. Yeah. yeah, he never did reschedule. When she's either. sixty, see, there's a bit, but that was going on. Yeah, the whole I could show. see that. Yeah, yeah. let me rewind that because I still haven't seen. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. So that was going on the whole show, right? And the videos were interacting with him. So he, what looks like just him jamming and his stage spots were actually right choreographed that well that's that's what Cirque du Soleil does now yeah. like they the, you, you dance with a image like a right. projection yeah it's cool so this is 1990 which is pretty again yeah. once again ahead of his time he never fails <laughs> it's funny I guess because this he probably knows this one's being filmed this is a Tokyo one this is probably this is a bigger deal than you know the Winnipeg one I thought that he really seemed enthusiastic when he ended it. Like it wasn't you, know, you didn't get to see Rock and Roll Suicide. You saw him throw his guitar. Yeah. I thought, oh wow, like he seems really happy, and he seems like he would genu like the the thank you he gave to the crowd. He seemed like he would genuinely wanted to like shake everyone's hand in the crowd if it was possible, and he would just see he went off on such a high note. So it's funny because that was my interpretation going into this, and now I hear that, that <laughs> every ending wasn't like that, like yeah. this one with the cameras rolling. Now he says he was contractually obligated to do this. Was he really? Or was this a like? Well, I, you know, he had a lot of stuff coming with the Ryko and yeah, and the the um, yeah. I can't remember what was his label situation. It was EMI still, wasn't it? Yes. Um, we're gonna have to do an episode on Bowie Bonds. I feel like that's that's gonna be an interesting episode. I don't understand them at all, but it, it worked for him, whatever. It yeah. Was. Well, well, that, I think that's much late. Well, it's another eight or nine years after this. We'll we'll do an episode on Bowie Bonds, which is very very interesting. Uh, I wondered, he had just broken up with his girlfriend. I wonder if there's no, like a, oh, let's go out and I'm going to go out and do my, well, I saw my hits in, and I, I'll see the next guy top that. <laughs> I saw an interview with, with the female dancer. I can't remember her name. The French dancer. Le Cavalier. Yeah. I know because it has a similar name to the, and uh, she definitely, she yeah. definitely alluded to there was more than dancing uh, going on okay. at Got the it. time. So I think he recovered. Right. Yeah, fairly well. 
Well, and Iman. Yeah, I, don't, I don't know about him actually going through it just, <laughs> just to stick it to her. No, but I mean, you know, his, no, he sticked it to other people. I, his I'm just e- saying he, he it, moved on. Yeah, his, it definitely. Yeah, he did. But his yeah, it's a boost to the ego because he, you know, here I am. I'm going to do all my hits because you know he had just done Tin Machine playing these small clubs and it's, it's yeah. such a weird it, I just wondered the whole maybe splice... she dumped him because he was in a bar band <laughs> well yeah <laughs> who are you it's a weird <laughs> it's a weird thing because he kind of undid what he was doing to go down it's like oh yeah but I'm just gonna go back to my day job I'm just gonna be a huge selling, rock star yeah I'm just gonna sell out shows and for and I come back to the pubs with you guys after I'm done right this. <laughs> yeah and uh you know I'll buy the first round but uh Tony, you got the second one, right? (laughs) It's funny the dynamic in a a breakup when you're a megastar is you get to kind of control the narrative. Like If you ever listen to Bob Dylan Street Legal, he's got that song New Pony. He claims to have broken up with with Sarah, his his ex-wife. And that's a power move when you get to just go on a record. My next record now, I'm going to, you know, talk yeah. about this public perception is going to be a hundred percent in my favor <laughs> yeah like, what like and if you try to say especially back in the 70s right and even in the 90s in this case like how is their word going to travel they can't tweet they got to get on the news and who's going to actually even see it like it's yeah, just who's going to pick up the story Where's yeah it's it on go? page nine right like <laughs> yeah so yeah it's just, you can definitely get away with those power moves when totally. you're a, a mega star like dylan and, and bowie are well, boys, we uh, forty-five minutes. We did it. Wow, All right. forty-five. That's pretty good. Um, we're gonna do the Linguini incident next. Something that yeah, you guys are on your own for that. <laughs> something that was <laughs> captured on tape. Uh, Linguini, I haven't seen it before, so I'm excited. Uh, Neither have I. That'll be next time. Uh, thanks for listening. I'm Jesse. I'm John, and I'm Justin. Catch you next time.